0: Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. So today's guest, in addition to having an MBA in business administration, uh, a master's in philosophy, uh, currently working on a PhD in organizational psych- organizational psychology. I'd like to welcome Eric Idahan today. Eric, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: Doing well, thank you. And I would be remiss to say I know you also have uh, some other things going on, some some boards that you've been a part of, but you also have something very special. Uh, that, that's near and dear to your heart that you have uh, that you're currently working on, and I was ho- I was hoping that you would uh, fill us in on what that is and, and tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Absolutely, uh, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I do have um, a consulting company called OPS International. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things through business. That's the meaning of OPS. And it's about diversity and inclusion. Uh, that is on the side. And then my passion is serving orphans. So, uh, that led to me, uh, founded an orphanage in, um, 2005 to provide, um, home and, um, and hope for the less privileged. Um, it's been wonderful and very, uh, rewarding to do that because it is my passion and it's also uh, a very fulfilling um, endeavor. So that I'm most proud of. I'm most proud of that. Um, there have been some leadership opportunity along the way, uh, serving on various boards. I've served on the board of um, um American Red Cross, of Central Iowa American Red Cross board, um, Iowa Literacy Council, so Iowa for International Understanding, um, Alianza, which used to be the Latino Chamber of Commerce, serve currently on the board of 6th Avenue Corridor, um, serve on the board of Iowa, um, Iowa Community Capital, which is, uh, um, a CDFI organization and also run Solidarity Microfinance here in Iowa. Um, serve on, um, on various committees. Um, when United Way, uh, opportunity, um, uh, I call it committee. Um, I also serve on the Executive Partnership Equity Committee. Um, I'm a member of the board of the Northwest Rotary Club, which is the Urbanda Rotary Club, Rotary International. As you say, um, so it, there have been some opportunity for me to demonstrate my leadership skills and and in uh, various roles. I have been fortunate to be here and serve. So that is a quick overview of Eric. On uh, top of that, I have lived in three different countries. This is my fourth country, and I speak eight languages.
0: Oh, that's. That's quite a resume and and to be clear for our listeners um with your passion project with the orphanage, that orphan and I can't remember if you said it or not, so forgive me if I'm repeating this, but I think it's important to note that your orphanage is in your hometown of Nigeria, and you run that from here, right yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> I just want people to be aware of that 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 how awesome and and how big of a how big deal how big of a deal that really is to be you know, this many miles away in a, in a whole different country and you're running an orphanage because that's your passion for helping children from your hometown. I I think that should definitely be applauded before we even move on to the rest of our conversation. So uh, kudos to you for, for taking on that passion project and seeing it to fruition. Thank you. So Eric, now with, with the different things that you've been involved in, whether it's, you know, the, the, the orphanage or, or even the the community side of things or boards or whatever it is, I want you to think about, because I know you've probably had a ton of challenges in these various roles, especially, um, coming from another country. Uh, but I want you to pick maybe one time that if you have a story that really sticks out, um, about a time you ran, ran into a challenge and you were just thinking, what am I going to do to get through this? Like, how am I going to, how am I going to make it um to the to the other side or to the light at the end of the tunnel, talk about that a little bit
1: thank you so um one of the most challenging times that have been very um um i use the word um, serious is the covid nineteen restriction and effect you know um in my role here I work with non profit and um building relationship between World Fargo and the community where we do business, we have laid down rules and policies and procedures on how we do our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the I would say I did not encounter a lot of challenges at all. that is uh, massive. But for the orphanage, um, it is huge because you have um, uh, 27 kids all in one place and you have um, staff to take care of them. There's so much you could look at. Um, what, what has helped me is that, uh, we have a crisis management in place, you know, just in case there is, um there is an outbreak such as malaria fever or measles or virus, like we have COVID right now. Mm-hmm. So when the COVID outbreak happened, we went straight to our crisis management plan that was created in 2005. When I put that plan in 2005, people did not really truly understand why. Because, you know, you're taking care of children and people come in and out. And in in that part of the world, in Nigeria, we have malaria fever, which is pretty uh, common, but it's also very dangerous because it could kill. So, um, that management, uh, that crisis management that we uh, plan that we had, uh, it was just sitting there, hoping that one day we will use it. And that plan includes, you know, establishing uh, a communication plan for notification in case we need to mobilize people. Um, we also do periodically, do what I call pre-crisis uh, simulation. So, where we have a, a trip plan for the staff. So in case this happens, this is how you do it. In case this or that can happen, this is how you do it. For the orphanage, this is all me trying to create a plan based on the Western um, experience that I have. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it plays a huge role because um, it's not like Wells Fargo where you have this, already established and is in place because Wells is such a big organization. Right. So, um, the, the COVID effect, the pandemic, to me, is a huge challenge that I thought, oh my goodness, how are we going to take care of 27 kids currently at the home and not having, because these just come to see the kids and when people come to see the children, You don't know who's coming through the door and what they're bringing with them. Right. So I had to travel. I went to Nigeria February this year for a very short visit, very brief visit to make sure that our crisis management plan that was put in place since 2005 that we've done all this drill on is actually going to play a huge role now that the, the COVID effect is becoming a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that really was helpful.
0: Well, good. And I hope that uh, that continues to, to be that way as you, you learn more and can share that with your teams. Uh, definitely sounds like a, a bit of a challenge, especially, again, since you are on, a, on another continent. <laughs> um, and, and continuing on that thought, Eric, so how do you because obviously you're working with teams with you being over here in the States and, and your team and orphanage being back in Nigeria. Um, how do you keep the morale up with those teams? How do you keep them pushing through, especially with these challenging times that we may not have the answers to just yet. And, and, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're building the wings of the plane while it's in flight, for example, uh, to use a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um how do you how do you keep your teams motivated to, to get through these tough times being on a completely separate continent?
1: Good question. So, um, first of all, I had to travel there because I want to be visible so that my staff will have access to me in person that was on the phone, which we still do on a weekly basis. And on a daily basis, sometimes I do... I uh, periodically check on them because there is this uh, phone app. It's called WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. It's a free call, free text. So that has been very helpful. So I stay engaged with them. And I'm, when I went there, I was I was physically there. And then now that I'm not there, I I make sure that I am I'm present by phone and they can reach me and um I, I, is to give me, um, how would I use the word, provide the needed support. So, um, I, I, stepped forward and I led because, um, rapid response was needed for this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that is why I traveled. Also, um, I want to make sure that I, I was in control. To, see, to, uh, to oversee all aspects of the crisis management plan that I talked about, that I said executed, executed. Mm-hmm. And um, also, uh, effective communication was very vital. So what that means is I have to be able to keep them uh, on task. Right. And I made some critical decisions to make sure that... Um, um, we, we are dealing with the pandemic but at the same time we're focusing on the big picture which is taking care of the kids right? Absolutely. So um, to do that <laughs> I have to adopt a team effort approach you know the team effort to approach in this time of, in this uh, time of uh, pandemic means I, I have to um, seek wise counsel from the team who are uh, uh, who are experts in their field, like the medical uh, practitioners. So we have uh, uh, nurses and doctors that uh, do come and check on, check the kids. And I ask them the best way to, the best practices beside what the, the Nigerian Center for Disease Control has provided, you know. So, um, so we, we do that and then I make sure that I install a kind of a sense of togetherness among uh, my kids. So what I mean by that is I allow them to share their emotions and feelings with each other. Don't forget that the pandemic put a lot of fear into people and uh, some people stopped going to work. Mm-hmm. So I had to educate my staff about our purpose is to take care of the kids, why we follow the Nigeria Center for Disease Control's rules, so, I had to be optimistic while being cautious right. <laughs> to follow the medical experts' advice. So, we did social distancing, wearing of masks, washing of hands regularly, and also monitoring our visitors and their activities. So, um, in Africa, we love to hug uh-huh. and we hug a lot. When you want to say hi to someone, you are just shake hands with us. So, in a time of of uh, COVID nineteen, it is difficult to practice that part of the culture. So we had to train the children not to hug visitors. Mm-hmm. It was hard. I bet. You know, they they just drawn into it. You no know, once they see someone come through the door, the first thing is they open their hands, they want to hug you, they want to say thank you for coming to visit them, you know? So um it, it was it was um, a way for me to continue to go back to that crisis management plan that we have and then um, I also motivated my staff by rewarding them. Some of the staff uh, have family and their family members were not comfortable having them go to work in a place where you have a bunch of kids. So the family members are afraid that they will bring something home. You know? So... Some were asking them, asking uh, my employees to quit. And they said, no, we love these kids. We we love the company we work for and the nonprofit is doing great work. So what I did was to reward them by paying them half of their salary on the 15th of the month. They didn't know it was coming. I started doing that since February. So they get full salary at the end of the month on the 30th. They get half paid salary halfway of the month on the 15th, that blew their mind away because they are in an environment where government are owing people. They're not even paying salaries for job that has been done. I know somebody that worked for the local government that has not been paid for seven months. <sighs> so by motivating my employees, they were just all in and we were all in this together and we continue to make sure we experience the, the Nigeria Center for Disease Control rule. So... So far, so good. I would say that um, leading this team through these challenging times is on a daily, hourly, and weekly basis, uh, communication, 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 and then the other key thing is I make sure they, uh, they understand that I value their work and effort, and that we are all in this together, even though I'm um, thousands of miles away, <laughs> right. and they know that. Right. Yeah.
0: And now to to switch gears maybe ever so slightly but still on the same path, you you take time to work with teams. Um I know that's that's got to be mentally, physically just plain exhausting and and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I know that that's got to take a lot of toll on you. So so Eric, what are some of the things that you do if you can, I guess, if you can find the time to do them to, to unwind, to, to relax a little bit, to recharge your batteries so that you can, you know, come back the next day, hour, whatever that may look like and continue to provide that strong leadership in, in all of the organizations and endeavors
1: that you have going on. Thank you. That's a very good question. Um, sometimes we, we forget who we are, that we're human beings. And, um, like you rightly said, you know, it, it takes a toll uh, 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 and it, it, it is, uh, it is a, quite a task, especially in this time of COVID. And the same thing with trying to run the orphanage from here and providing that leadership. Now, it's draining. but what well, The way I've been able to kind of keep myself recharged is through my faith. You know, sometimes um, we don't... N- most people know, and everyone is different, in my journey, my faith helped me to understand that I should be grateful for every day that I live. And that form of gratitude gives me the courage and the determination to do what I do every day. Um, so no matter how challenging and how difficult it is on a particular day, when I look at the kids and the orphanage, and their situation or how they got into the orphanage, I will remind myself and say, Eric, it could, it could have been worse for you. Mm-hmm. So deal with whatever you're dealing with and shake it off and move on. So my, my courage comes from the inner power that is created by my soul, knowing that I'm doing good things to help people or kids In in the job I do here at Volkswagen, I'm helping the community, providing resources to help the community become better. That is so cool. And then for the orphanage, I'm providing hope, sharing love, and changing the lives of kids who were abandoned. So to me, that is so cool, and that builds more uh, gratification in my heart. So that is how I recharge my battery and just try to unwind and then go back to work.
0: That's a, that's an awesome way. Awesome perspective of, of looking at it uh, that way. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I know you are busy, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up here, but uh, before we do any final words of wisdom, any, any tips for, you know, new leaders or, or older leaders for that matter, that made maybe need to hear something, uh, new and updated.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, I know this was just kind of like an overview discussion around my experience, and I'm no, no way being perfect, but I want to let um, folks out there uh, to understand that some of the best practices or uh, the words of wisdom I would like to share is, one, um, don't be reactive in your approach. Don't be reactive. Um, it is tough to to... Focus during the time of crisis or, in this case, pandemic that we have right now, be reactive. Um Be proactive. Another thing is to have a, what I would call a rapid response. Uh, rapid response is very important, but you need to act with caution. Act with caution. Uh, when things happen that we are not used to, Um, It's very human nature for us to react quickly and and sometimes be slow to action. So you need to check number one first, be be proactive. Check number two, act accordingly. Then number three, I would say avoid the temptation of micromanaging. You know, know, in terms of pandemic like this, where we have uh, COVID-19, Um, you don't want to micromanage people because that's the least thing on their plate that they want to see or experience they want to get. They want you to show that you care about them as they do their job. You need to show passion, uh, sorry, compassion. You need to show compassion to your employees and others that are affected from the job you do every day. Those parties that you work with, not just only your employees, but your customers as well. So, you need to show compaction. Um, Number five, I would say be ethical in your approach. You know, you you need to operate the golden rules that says that you need to treat others the way you want to be treated. Whether it's in a place of work or in the community, everyone needs to, everyone likes to be respected and to be loved. So you need to operate the golden rules um, during the time of... Uh, of change. And then the last one is be honest. Be honest to yourself, be honest to your approach, and be honest to your soul. Because when you do that, you're wearing your ethical intelligence lens that helps you to be grounded in your approach and to be grateful because gratitude is where the love starts from. Gratitude is about love. And love helps you to overcome no matter that challenges that the crisis brings to you and your workplace. That is my tips and words of wisdom that I have to share at this time.
0: Eric, I appreciate each and every one of those. I know once I uh, once I get this, or once once we're finished here today, um, I'm gonna go back and listen to this one a few a few times because I really appreciate uh, the the tips that you gave. Um, but again, want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the podcast today, for sharing your, your wisdom, your experiences, um, letting us get to know you a little bit better. Um, and I wish you continued success uh, with the orphanage. I appreciate the, the things that you're doing. Um, with that as well. And and with that, again, I just want to thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Mike, for your opportunity. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.